Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Incomparable, number 606, March 2022. Welcome, everyone. Uh, uh, this is Lex Friedman guest hosting this episode of The Incomparable. Uh, Jason Snell has the day off. He is uh, working on training a cat circus. So um, uh, we decided to, to take over for him. This is going to be an incomparable podcast draft, but not a draft of incomparable podcasts. The, the thought experiment I'm asking our esteemed panelists, who I'll introduce in just a moment to go through, is uh, they still have access to their full lives, their their tech devices, the, the, the medium of podcasting, but their internet connection, wherever they go, whether cellular, Wi-Fi, or anything else, will only allow them access to five podcasts. They're going to have to draft what those five podcasts are. These are the only podcasts they can listen to for the rest of time. We'll get into more specifics in a minute, but first, let's introduce all of our panelists in the order that random.org provided for Random. us. Random.org interrupting the introduction again. <laughs> but our first panelist is Shelly Brisbane. Hello, Shelly. Hello. I'm first. Yay me. Uh, second is Brian Hamilton. Number two is better than number three. That's what I always say. Number three is David Lore. Thanks for having me, Jason. You you sound a little hoarse. Do you do you need a lozenge or some hot tea? Because uh, please, a little horse is my pet. Oh, okay. uh, I'm number four, as it turns out, and then number five is Monty. Hi, Monty. Hi, Lex. So we're each going to get to, to draft five podcasts. Those podcasts are going to be in the following five categories. We each have to pick a comedy podcast, a narrative podcast, a fiction podcast, an entertainment podcast, and one wild card. Now, dear listener, you may be wondering, well, what is a narrative podcast? Or what if it's fiction and comedy? Or how do I distinct? It doesn't matter. The, the rules are minimal. <laughs> the rules are loose. The rules are to guide us. The only hard rules, non-negotiable rules, are no one may draft an incomparable show, and no one may draft a tech podcast. Both of those rules set by Jason Snell. <laughs> so, <laughs> with those rules in mind, we're going to go in the order that I have chosen, not just for the, the panelists, but also for which podcasts we're drafting in which order. So we're going to start with comedy podcasts. Everybody gets one comedy podcast. And Shelly, you are first to draft. So what podcast are you drafting and why? So sadly, this is both my weakest category and, and the one time that I feel uh uh, smited by the random.org gods because I would not have chosen to go first. However, I have a choice. I don't listen to podcasts by the mil millions of comedians who seem to have them, and God love them, but uh, I have chosen a podcast called ICYMI from Slate, and basically it's a podcast about internet culture hosted by two women who are quite hilarious and who teach me things each week, well, twice a week is the show, uh, teach me things twice a week that I know nothing about because I'm an old and they are not <laughs> old. And uh, I learn a lot about TikTok trends and I learn why they're funny 
and uh, I learn ridiculous things that make me sad about the internet and occasionally happy about the internet. But <laughs> ICYMI is just a delight. It's a short podcast, probably 20, 25 minutes per episode. And I look forward to it each and every time it drops in my feed. And I see it, I see why am I, that's an acronym uh, in case I in missed it when you said it. What you does that stand to you? Oh, how about that? Amazing. That's it. Any, anybody else here listen to I see why am I? Mm, no. Okay. I've never heard it. So now it's, it's written down for me. <laughs> uh, d- uh, d- d- Brian, you're next. What is your comedy podcast? I got two. No, I'm sorry. It's not allowed. I got two <laughs> options here. Should I do the one that is going to snipe other people's or the one that I'm listening to the most now? That's a choice only you can make, Brian. I'm going to choose for my comedy podcast, uh, the very important podcast, The Flophouse on <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Uh, it is one of the first shows I got into way back in like 2012 or 2013 uh, that I really went back and listened to the entire freaking back catalog for. It is three comedians, two of which have previously worked for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, one of whom was on Jeopardy. Uh, they talk about a bad movie every week. But it's not about the movie. It is about the goof-em-ups and the jokes and the silly songs they sing all throughout. If this were a podcast reviewing, I don't know, dishwashers or something, I would still listen because they would not talk very much about the actual topic. They would do a bunch of random jokes. If there is one podcast that has made the biggest impact on my life and the way that I talk and make jokes, it is the flop house. I've been going back and re-listening to a whole bunch of old episodes and I said, oh, I say that in everyday life around people that don't know what a podcast is and certainly have never heard The Flophouse. Uh, the Flophouse is the one that has made the biggest impact on my life. The Flophouse by Maximum Fun. It's an excellent choice. Uh, and in a, a surprisingly popular genre of podcast, too, about um, not just about movies, but about taking the piss <laughs> with movies. It's a, it's a big genre. I think that's one of the first like internet genres that really took off was like when the room hit big and everyone started talking about how bad of a movie it was it gave birth to the neil breens of the world and the oogie loves Wait, of the people world. don't like room <laughs> people don't like neil breen <laughs> neil breen movies are amazing <laughs> They're the but best. the oogie loves no um <laughs> uh, no this this was on my short list because yeah i mean there are a lot of bad movie shows and bad, bad movie podcasts and bad movie live events and this somehow is, you know, it, it hasn't replaced Mystery Science Theater in the general sense for me, but it's the podcast I listen to. I don't really listen to the other bad movie podcasts. Well, David, uh, you said that it was on your short list, Elongate, because it is now your turn to draft <laughs> a Excellent. comedy film. I mean, a comedy podcast. <laughs> comedy, a comedy I, podcast. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Jason. It's fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had I had the flop house and Magic Tavern and you know all the all the usual suspects. I was like, you know, what what do I listen to if I only had one that I could listen to? And it is a comedy podcast, but it's also a very informative podcast. It's no such thing as a fish, a podcast from the makers of the show QI in Britain. Uh QI has been one of my favorite TV shows for I think 15, 16 years now. Um, I, I discovered it when it was impossible to discover over here and now it shows up on YouTube and it was briefly on Hulu, I think at least some of the early seasons. And this, it's a show that it's a, it's a comedy panel show where they discover facts that you think, you know, and you don't. And that's part of the joke of the show and no such thing as a fish 
is a podcast made by the writers and researchers talking about the most interesting things they found out that week uh, doing research for the show. And so it's very funny, but it is also very informative. And as a writer who likes to use interesting, unusual facts that not everybody knows, it's also kind of handy for research. So no such thing as a fish. That's no such thing as a fish. <laughs> I'm no not such saying that our fish. panelists were coached to say the name of the podcast multiple times, but I'm not not saying that. Uh, I am next in the draft order, and I really wrestled with this. You know, as, as some listeners may know, I work in podcasting professionally. What? If you can call it that. And I, much of my start was in the comedy podcast space. And so I have a lot of love for a lot of comedy podcasts, and I really wrestled with which show to pick. Don't but you do it. I decided... I, I went with the comedy show that each time it pops up, I'm like, well, I'm going to listen to that today. Like, I'm going to listen to that new episode right away. And for me, that's another Max Fun show. That is Judge John Hodgman. Judge John Hodgman is John Hodgman, also known as the PC from the Hello, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC commercials of yesteryear, also a former Daily Show contributor. And uh, John and his bailiff, Max Fun uh, creator, Jesse Thorne, uh, adjudicate cases about stupid things between friends um uh, the the infamous debate that the show has now put to bed entirely is you know is a uh, is a hot dog a sandwich but they one of my favorite episodes uh of the show that really got me to believe that john hodgman is is truly brilliant was an episode where um the two friends had been debating um who is the best cheers character um and the one friend chose Frasier's dad from the spinoff Frasier. And the fir- other friend said, that's unacceptable. That is not a valid choice. And who is your favorite Cheers character? Because that character did not exist on Cheers. Um, an extremely dumb debate. But I don't know. There's something about John Hodgman's worldview and how fast his brain works and how thoughtful his rulings are that just delights me. And the show is like legitimately hilarious. Um they also sometimes do swift justice, where instead of having live cases with the the, the participants right there, uh, they'll go through their their mailbag and, and rattle off quick answers to uh, people with with needs, with justice needing to be served. And a recent question has stuck in my head for a very long time, uh, and I will not spoil what the ruling was. But the question that John was asked to answer was, "Is butt leg?" And I have not been able to get that question out of my brain ever since. Uh, I don't know what the right answer is. I know what John ruled, but man, I don't know. Is butt leg. Uh, is butt leg. Yeah, it's a tough one. So uh, Judge John Hodgman, also on Max Fun. I just, I absolutely love that show. Nothing has made me love John Hodgman more than that, uh, that, that very podcast. But that only leaves one of our panelists left to draft a comedy podcast in this first round. Uh, do you know who you are, panelist? I am Monty Ashley. Oh, nailed it. All right, That's Monty, a good show. <laughs> I feel like this is a pretty basic answer, but I'm going to pick Comedy Bang Bang, which Love I have story. listened to since, I think, November 13th, 2009. I just want to bet with myself. <laughs> uh, uh, November 13th, 2009 was in the first year of Comedy Bang Bang when it was a little looser and was also called Comedy Death Ray. These days, it's pretty much fallen into a formula where host Scott Ackerman interviews a celebrity for the first segment, usually weirdly contentiously or asking really, really bad questions, and then comedians come on as characters. 
crazy, crazy nonsense characters that frequently don't work at all and don't have a defined game and just bomb. And that's great. Um, It's not like the TV show. The TV show was like a parody of a talk show and its characters came on knowing their game and would get to it right away. What I like about comedy bang bang is there's time for a character to stretch out and really explore the space and Sometimes find something amazingly funny that you can come back to. Uh, Comedy Bang Bang wasn't the first comedy podcast, but it's the best. It's the best (laughs) comedy podcast, and that's why I'm picking it. I I love this choice. I'm a big fan of Comedy Bang Bang myself. Um, Do you have a favorite uh, character or guest on Comedy Bang Bang? I mean, again, I'm going to be pretty basic, but Paul F. Tompkins is always great on any, every podcast, but especially Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, recent guests uh, like of the current era, Lily Sullivan and Carol Tart are always amazing, but I could go on for a long, long time. <laughs> What's especially amazing to me about Comedy Bang Bang is it feels like you have to, if you dive into any one episode, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it just makes no sense. But it doesn't take a lot of time to understand what is happening. It's it's two, three episodes, and then you, you get the rhythms and get the conceit. But it's, I do love, uh, there is never any lack of trust in the part of the listener. Uh, when you go to see an improv show, particularly with, you know, a, a mediocre or an unestablished, less well-established mediocre improv troupe, you have nervousness. You have angst. Are they going to be able to pull it off? Will there be a show? With Comedy Bang Bang, there is no fear. And I, I don't know if that's the magic of Scott or the guests he brings or the, the coupling thereof, but man, it is, it is never, it, it is always good. We'll go that way. Yeah. Uh, that first episode from November 13th, 2009 was introducing Huel Hauser, by the way, uh, James Adomian's Huel Hauser, an amazing character. Is this a show that you can jump in with the most recent episode, yes. or is there a place you can to jump start? In, because that you number... can jump in with the most recent episode. My which... recommendation is don't though. My recommendation is to go to yeah. any of the year end <laughs> roundups where they do the best of comedy bang oh, bang. Yeah. You could do the best of comedy bang bang from twenty twenty one. That would be a great place to dive in. Uh, the most recent episode is number seven hundred thirty nine. <laughs> Oh, What's so many episodes. Lily Sullivan and Carol Tart and Ego Wodum, and they're all hilarious. Yeah. What's What's remarkable about the or special about the the best ofs, which are voted on by fans, uh, is that it's the only time that that Scott and Paul F. Tompkins kind of break the fourth wall of the show, acknowledge that the the characters are fictional and that it's this is what the conceit of the show is. They only do it on the year ends, and then other than that, the show is always in its own character, if you will. And I will. I- Except the times when they get really loose about it and Scott complains about a character not having anything to talk about. <laughs> like, it's very meta. Like whatever Will Hines is on these days, he comes in with a character and is immediately derailed because he's so good at yes ending. Like he came on as a physical therapist and within two minutes was talking about how he went through an initiation in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the conclusion of round one. Shelly drafted ICYMI, Brian the Flophouse, David No Such Thing as a Fish, me, Judge John Hodgman, and Monty went with Comedy Bang Bang. So, uh, so we're who now- won that round? Comedy Bing Bong. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's not how this works. Um, he doesn't have his spreadsheet up, and Dan's points. not here to keep score. <laughs> Dan? Yeah. I blame Dan. He didn't understand the rules anyway. Uh, but round, it's a deep <laughs> cut. Uh, 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Um, round two, we're all going to draft narrative podcasts. And as I said at the outset, we're defining these rules loosely. So it's whatever a narrative podcast means to you. That could be a show that is serialized, like the world's first podcast serial. It could be a show that simply <laughs> tells a story uh, of some form over the course of one episode. However you interpret narrative, tell me uh, your favorite narrative podcast. And we're in the same order each round. Shelley, who are you drafting? I have chosen Ear Hustle from Radiotopia. It's a podcast done by and about prisoners living at San Quentin in California, and there are outside folks who participate, and one of the, Nigel Poor, one of the hosts, is a, is a narrator. The other host, Erlon Woods, was formerly incarcerated, and now he's out helping them make the show. And it does, it's, it's not serialized, so each episode stands alone, but what you're learning about is different aspects of actually living in prison, what it's like to find your, you know, what, what, what commissary is like, what it's like to communicate with other prisoners, what it's like to have a relationship, what it's, any, any sort of aspect of life in prison, and they're able to go around the prison and interview people who live there and people who have been uh, out of prison for some time and what their lives are like. And it's just endlessly uh, fascinating. And it is, it, it is both serious. It can be funny. It generally just makes you think about places and people that you don't encounter in your life. And uh, it's really well produced and well done. And one of the things I like about it is that a lot of narrative podcasts, and I listen to this form quite a bit, a lot of podcasts are sort of very self-serious. And as somebody who has a more than passing acquaintance with public radio, some of the most self-serious ones are in the public radio world. And, And this one, because you're hearing voices of people who are actually living the situations that they're in rather than narrating them, I just feel like you get this visceral sense of wanting to listen and wanting to hear what somebody else has to say. And I I just really recommend Ear Hustle from Radiotopia. Uh, And Ear Hustle also is a a finalist for the 2020 Pulitzer Prize for audio reporting. The one thing I don't know about the show, Shelley, is is, is Ear Hustle a known term? Like, do we know what the title means? Yeah, it it's a means it's communicating in prison. It's um oh god, what is it? It's not it's cuz a kite is a is sending a physical note. But I think an ear hustle is some see I'm I'm ignorant about they they've explained it many times, but it is a slang term in prison to do with communication that I can't remember. Fascinating. Very cool. Excellent choice. Today I learned there's a Pulitzer Prize on audio reporting. This is oh, yeah. Well, there's been right. one for decades. Yeah. We're angling for it with this very episode, Brian. Exactly. I think there was one before there was one for television reporting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Brian, what's your uh, what narrative podcast are you drafting? So first of all, my definition of a narrative podcast for these purpose is any podcast that uses the word tape in production <laughs> is a narrative podcast. Makes and perfect so sense. The, Continue. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that, 
And the one that I am going with is the narrative podcast that gave me the most shocks of like, oh, this is really happening. Thanks to the way it was put together and structured. It is The Dream from Little Everywhere and mm-hmm. Stitcher. Uh, this is a podcast about multi-level marketing or at the very least season one is. I will admit I have not heard the second or possibly third season, depending on how many there are now. <laughs> the first season focused on MLMs and A, why they're not period pyramid schemes uh, from a legal perspective and B, how awful they are. It is ridiculous. They f- uh, focus on things like LuLaRoe and Avon and how they uh, prey on people that are looking for a certain kind of lifestyle, but you can't have a MLM without other people below you who are getting screwed over by the companies. It is absolutely wild. This is the show that I think has benefited the most uh, that I have listened to from sending somebody into a weird situation like one of the you know conferences put on by one of these companies with a recorder going through and talking to people and learning about uh, how things are run and operated there and then bringing it back to us, the listening populace. So I can't recommend The Dream Season 1 uh, highly enough. I agree. It's Let great. the record show. I greenlit that show when I still worked at Stitcher. Uh, the second season, wow. I had nothing oh, to do with it. Oh, my God. You. Fancy. Um, the the second season is about uh, wellness, the wellness category of products, and it's uh, also <laughs> very, very good. Um, that brings us to David. David, your favorite narrative podcast. Well, I this was this was the one where I was asking for clarification beforehand, and <laughs> I'm sorry, I, that's not allowed. Always a mistake. <laughs> well, just barge through. It's fine. I once I realized we could play by Monty rules, I was fine, and you know. There, there are shows like the, you know, because I was thinking about The Moth, but it's not it's not really a narrative in that it doesn't have continuing stories. Um, uh, same thing for a show that will be in a later round. Um, but, I you know, I thought, well, narrative can also be nonfiction. And that mean that opens it up to all the true crime podcasts. I don't really like true crime podcasts. I just don't <laughs> care. Um, but. There are two shows, and I could go either way on these. They're both at Realm.fm, uh, which used to be Serial Box. I, I kind of missed the name Serial Box. It was fun. Um, and I, sh- I should say each of them is created by a writer friend that I've known for a long time. One of them is called Dead Air, by, uh, created by Gwenda Bond. And the other one is... If let me get let me get the title right. If I go missing, the witches did it. Created <laughs> and written by Pia Wilson. Um, both of them are done in the style of a true crime podcast. Uh, Dead Air is a little more traditionally just oh a a podcaster is dragged into a true crime story. Um, so I might give the edge to if I go missing because it's about a a an African American writer who goes missing. And a white podcast host with a savior complex takes up the cause of finding her and runs into a coven of influencers that she begins to learn are witches. And it's kind of nuts. But I, I do love taking that format and then being creative with it. Let's, let's tell an interesting story that doesn't have to conform to any true life details. So... So I, I will say, if I go missing, the witches did it. And I will um, 
caution or, or inform listeners that there are multiple podcasts with a title that starts If I Go Missing. So you want to make sure you're looking for the one, as David said, from realm.fm, If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It, because there are several different, very different shows with similar titles. Yeah. Uh, they uh, I'll blame next. somebody else. Like, If I Go Missing, The Bears <laughs> yes, Did It. Goblins. If I Go Missing, The Sorcerers Did It. It's kind of a series. Yeah, yeah. If I Go <laughs> Missing, The Wizards Did It. If I Go Missing, The um, Amway Salesman Did It. <laughs> Again, there are no points, but I would award points to the bears in it. Something about the bears doing it is very funny to me. Um, so it's it's an I, Avenue Q thing. I know that it's annoying for me to be moderating this because I, I do work in podcasting and I, I don't mean to make it all about my work in podcasting, but years and years ago when I was still working at Midroll Stitcher, uh, a Pineapple Street Media actually came in and they were pitching us on a podcast they wanted to make. And we actually didn't green light it, but we're telling us about the story of of two lawyers high-powered attorneys in Southern Florida, one of whom was a professor of law and the other uh, did a lot of pro bono work to help, you know, um, kids being sold into into child sex prostitution rings, um, like really powerful and beloved attorneys. And one day um, the husband comes home to find that his wife has uh, cleared out much of her belongings from the house and taken their two boys and has left a note saying that he wants a divorce. And uh, the divorce gets extremely acrimonious. They each have their own divorce attorneys, but they're also submitting letters clearly written by themselves back and forth to the judge, each recommending the other be disbarred. It's really very angry. And and uh, the, the wife in the divorce proceedings wants to be able to move uh, from... And forgive me because I don't remember what all the different cities are in Florida where this happens, but move from city A where they live to city B where the rest of her family is. And the judge is saying, no, you can't do that. Your, your husband lives there. That's where he started your family. You can't take the kids that far away. You can't do that. And then one day somebody is in the uh, waiting in the parked car in the husband's garage and shoots him, Dan Markle, point blank in the head, uh, murdering him. And eventually they realize the only connection between the hit man and anybody else is that, uh, the wife, the ex-wife's brother, used to date somebody connected to the hitman. Uh, and it appears that the the wife or the wife's family arranged for the murder of her husband, Dan Markle. They're pitching the story. They don't mention any proper nouns. And I'm like, is this the Wendy Adelson, Dan Markle story? And they're like, how on earth do you know about the Wendy Adelson? Like, how do you know that that's who it is? And I'm like, because Wendy Adelson is the last person I dated in college before I started dating my wife. So, of course, I know this story. <laughs> oh, Everybody my I went to college wow. with knows this story. They, we didn't oh really like God, the podcast. Like- we didn't make the show. Are then, you on the podcast? Because you already year, know the story. Yeah. A year or something later, Wondery, where I now work, but I didn't work at the time, releases a podcast called Over My Dead Body. Season two of that show is the one that got really famous because it's the one that's about the Tiger King story. But season one of that show was about the same story. And so it literally oh, comes wow. out and I'm like, oh my God, they made the Wendy Adelson story podcast. And I, of course, listened. Um, I... I I immediately uh, called Aaron Lopez, who at the time was the CEO of Wondery, and I'm like, oh my God, I, I dated Wendy. I know the story well. And he's like, will you go on the podcast? And I'm like, well, definitely no. Her family's litigious, extremely okay. wealthy, <laughs> and apparently murderers. Um, <laughs> hi, uh, family. I'm just allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> so okay. say. they won't listen. Um, but um, I did share uh, with, and I will now share with all of these listeners here, but I shared with Aaron at the time. Um, Facebook messages that I had from Wendy from years prior where she wanted to know how I handled having three kids because she and her husband had just had their second um, and it was (laughs) difficult and challenging and she wanted to name the second one Alexander and call him Lex, but her husband didn't go for that. So how about that? (laughs) 
was, I think wow. I looked, but it is a facet, and that, that whole series is good. You know, every, there's been, I believe now, three seasons over my dead body. Each one is super compelling, but man, that story, my favorite, because it touched very close to home. People like to tell me that they think I literally dodged a bullet. I get it, uh, but that's my pick, is over my dead body. So her husband didn't want a child named after her ex-boyfriend? I don't know why. It's weird. Also, during the podcast, they talk about how, you know, now after, you know, she was, I don't know if you're widowed, if it's if you've already been divorced, but um, how she started dating somebody and people are like, oh, he looks a lot like um, her her late husband, late ex-husband, she must have a type. And then I was like, well, now I have to Google these people. And I am here to say she does have a type. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So, so with this example of glenning, I think you won this round already. I think so. I was going to say that is extreme glenning. That is extreme yeah, I thought, glenning. I thought no tech podcast and no incomparable podcast would be basically present company excluded. We don't have any connections to these podcasts. Somehow, <laughs> Lex still pulls it out. <laughs> Monty, your uh, your draft your drafted narrative podcast. What do you choose? Uh, I don't care about country music i don't mind listening to it sometimes but i don't really care about it but the podcast cocaine and rhinestones is fantastic and i listen to it every time it comes out now the first season isn't really narrative it's about random people like the leuven brothers it does have three episodes on the song harper valley pta and each episode is like two and a half hours long and that's about the length I like when a deep dive is seven and a half hours on one basically novelty song. <laughs> Season two of Cocaine and Rhinestones is narrative. It's about George Jones and Tammy Wynette. And going in, what I knew about Tammy Wynette was uh, Stand By Your Man and that song with the KLF. And what I knew about George Jones was nothing. <laughs> Now I know a lot about George Jones and uh, the host Tyler Mahan Co. describes him as a haunted house of a man. And I agree. Oh, yeah. This I just finished season one. It's a lot of fun. Uh, season two is so dark. And one thing I really like is every episode starts with 20 or 30 minutes about something completely irrelevant. Like pinball machines or bullfighting or the Medici's <laughs> and Tyler just trusts that you'll make the connections eventually <laughs> and I think it works I'm not sure it does but I love the conceit that he's just going to talk about Catherine de Medici for 30 minutes and then transition into George Jones and it's up to you to see the <laughs> connections or not. Uh, Listen, trusting the intelligence of your listeners is, I think, a hallmark of the incomparable. So I love that. Oh, yeah. I admit I've sometimes skipped those bits. Sometimes I listen. Sometimes I skip them. It depends on my mood. Also, do you know? We can all agree we never skip the ads, right? We never. No, never. never. Oh, no. The ads are why I come here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so sorry, do you, Shelley. You know who Tyler Mahan Co. is, the son of David Allen Co., the country mm -hmm. singer. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. And that's interesting. I, you know, it, there. I think there's one point in season one where he like tips to that. He's like, "No, I'm not going to talk about my dad right now." Yeah. So I don't know if he ever does. <laughs> but and his dad's an interesting piece of work, which is the oh, only yeah. reason oh, why yes. I would. <laughs> like, all I knew about David Allen Coe was wrote 
take this job and shove it. Since then, I've learned more about him. Yes, there's <laughs> lots to know. Google him. <laughs> uh, Tyler is also a Twitter personality. Now, Cocaine and Rhinestones is exceedingly well-researched, and he, it, he really seems to believe that he is on a mission from God to get things exactly correct. On Twitter, <laughs> his personality is more in the vein of his other podcast, Your Favorite Band Sucks, where he just <laughs> trolls relentlessly. And it's kind of fun if you don't take it personally. <laughs> so, right. well, excellent choices all. Shelly chose Ear Hustle, Brian, The Dream, David, If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It, I chose Over My Dead Body, and Monty with Cocaine and Rhinestones, a podcast I had not at all been familiar with, but is now added to my podcast. And then Lex choice. chose his college relationship. <laughs> That's right. The one that got away. Uh, round three, we're all going to draft fiction podcasts. Um, I guess that's also loosely defined, but it, it can't be like a Fox <laughs> News podcast. That doesn't count. So we're going with fiction podcasts. And Shelly, you once again are in the driver's seat. Okay, my second choice. No, um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I realize that I should probably pick something dark and sci-fi or horror Hello, producer of radio theater right there. Uh, but I, I, I don't because I don't I listen to a ton of fiction podcasts and my tastes don't run to horror or sci-fi, which seem to be dominant genres in the in the fiction podcasting world. So I'm going to pick one that I like a lot uh, called Bronzeville, which is a story of it's it's a it's fiction, but it is historically based in the time in the 1940s when south side of Chicago, an area called Bronzeville, was not only populated by African Americans, but was sort of run as its own little city in the way that some people think of Harlem in the 20s, where you had African Americans who were successful business people and bankers and who, who ran what passed for the government and who a lot of the, the economy of the place was based on this family, which was you could call them a crime family, or you could just say they ran policy, which is the numbers racket, but then they put the money back into the community. So they would take all this money out of the community in terms of people betting on the numbers, but then they would put it back in the institutions of the community. So they would support the hospital and so on. And so this is a fictionalized version of that. It stars Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Lorenz Tate, and a couple of the, the there, there are three Tate brothers who are sort of the driving forces behind it, and they produce and write and act in it. And there have been two seasons so far, and it's just it's really compelling. There are, uh, you know, there there are gangsters getting killed by other gangsters. There are white politicians trying to both profit from and threaten black people. There are black people living autonomous, full lives that aren't just about being oppressed by white people. And it's it's really delightful. The sound design, especially in season two, is is really uh, it, it's good. It's it's interesting. Uh, there there are uh, you know little bits that I I don't feel like they need to make the uh, sound of people walking from room to room quite as loud as it is. But otherwise, I love the sound design. <laughs> uh, so, but but it's really it, it's really interesting. The performances are generally great. Of course, Lawrence Fishburne is terrific. Uh, but all of the performances are really rich, and it's just it's a fascinating podcast. It's it's fairly cliffhanger based so it's uh, a season is an arc but there's a cliffhanger at the end of season one so you feel like you want to go on to the second and uh, I recommend it Bronzeville my favorite of the Tates uh, is Little Man just gonna put that out there yeah. <laughs> uh, so Shelly chose Bronzeville Brian what fiction podcast are you drafting 
I, like Shelley just mentioned, also don't listen to very many fiction podcasts, and I also agree that most of them skew towards the horror and sci-fi, which I love. So my first love in the uh, fiction-style podcast was Welcome to Night Vale way back in 2012. I could pick that. But I am instead going to pick <laughs> Alice Isn't Dead by Joseph Fink, one of the writers of Night Vale, which is also on, you know, the Night Vale Presents Network, which neither here nor there has the most fascinating business model of any podcast uh, collective I can think of. Wow, it's fascinating how they've branched out into books and uh, audio things and a whole bunch of merch and touring. Regardless, Alice Isn't Dead is probably the scariest podcast I've listened to. I'll never forget the first time I went through season one and just being so absorbed in this world where our main character is a truck driver looking for their partner, Alice, who is or is not dead. We'll see. Uh, it is about a bunch of creepy Americana things, which is another <laughs> uh, thing I absolutely love. See also American Gods, that same style. Uh, but yeah, I'm... A big fan of this one. This is the one that I think most people who are into the Night Vale style shows have not listened to. I do not see nearly as much praise for this show as I see the other ones like Welcome to Night Vale. So I'm going to throw a bone to uh, my favorite scariest show I've listened to, Alice Isn't Dead. Uh, there's three seasons of it now. I've only listened to the first. So that's the only one I can and, really vouch for. And the book is very good, too. Wow. Alice isn't dead. I have a hard time reading the Night Vale books because all I can do is, like, God, I wish I could listen to this instead. <laughs> Thankfully, there's audiobooks. Yeah. They know how to make those. <laughs> I was going to say, right. surely right. they know somebody who could read that. <laughs> I mean, one, one of the things it's I love order. about Night Vale is, you know, these are, these are guys I knew before Night Vale. And Shut up! They're no. all yeah. Because how does everyone know boring. these? All, all of these, right. all of these really great fiction podcasts are made by theater people, and you know. Uh, Jeffrey Craner was a New York neo-futurist, which, you know, I knew that before Night Vale was a thing. And, you know, it's it's been wonderful to see all of these people branching out and saying, hey, I don't I don't need to worry about a budget for props or sets or costumes. Um, we don't have to drag people into the building and we can let our imaginations go wild. And I wish it's it's you know, I've tried to tell theater companies, you need to be making podcasts because all of these great shows are made by your artists working outside of your theater. And it just, it blows my mind that more theaters don't do their own and build and sort of build an industry of, you know, audible theater is kind of doing that. A Especially little bit. after the last but, couple of years of not having theaters yeah. open, you would oh. think plus, yeah, a whole oh lot of talented God. people with free time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, this has been a thing that's driven me crazy since the beginning of the lockdowns is that I've been, I've been beating this drum for 10 years. And when the lockdown started and all the theaters like, Oh my God, what do we do? And, and I was like, you know, if you had listened, you'd have this infrastructure already set up. You'd have an audience that knew they could come to you for an audio play or, or a streamed video play or, you know, whatever. Um, there's no reason we can't be doing this. Come on, theater companies. Anyway, well, that ends my opening statement. Have, <laughs> speaking of things that have driven me crazy since the start of the pandemic, David, uh, it is now... <laughs> Yeah, only since then. <laughs> oh what, my uh, God. what narrative podcast are you picking? Well, speaking of playwrights branching out into podcasting again, um, one of my favorite current playwrights and no podcasters is Mac Rogers. And 
he's someone who, you know, way, way back, he was, he messaged me and said, you know, what, what is this podcast thing? Should I, should I look into it? And now he's done several really, really good stories. Uh, he has a, a, a kind of a mind like Rod Serling. If you like the Twilight Zone, if you like that kind of creepy speculative fiction, you will like his, his stuff. Uh, he, his first shows were The Message and Life After, which I think they did for Slate and the GE Podcast Theater, which isn't a <laughs> thing anymore. Right. And uh, then uh, he and, and the company he works with did Steal the Stars with Macmillan Publishing, and they put out a, a book to go with it. Fantastic story. And their most recent one is a show called Give Me Away that came out last summer. Uh, it's about a spaceship that crashes in the desert in Nevada, and they call it the ghost house because the ship just screams. It is screaming continuously, and it's the screams of thousands of extraterrestrial political prisoners that are trapped in the mainframe of the ship. The only way to free them is to transfer their minds into the bodies of humans willing to share their minds with an alien uh, and a second consciousness for the rest of their lives to just, that's that. And, and so the question is who would volunteer for that? And a 50 year old man named Graham who is divorced and adrift is one of the first to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'll do that. I'll help out. And so it focuses on Graham uh, and how having this second consciousness changes his life. And, you know, it's a little creepy, it's a little spooky, but it's also about love and trust and, and as, as they say, radical hospitality, which cracks me up because that's a term we use in theater for pay-what-you-can performances and, and free performances. It's like radical hospitality. Bring people in who don't normally come in the building. Here it is applied to this really freaky sci-fi concept, and it's just delightful. So it's called Give Me Away. Uh, look for it from gideonmedia.com uh, or just search Give Me Away in your podcatcher. Give me away. Cool. Give me away. <laughs> well, I, uh, more so than not marrying Wendy Adelson, I do feel like I have now dodged a bullet because I was worried that David was going to take my answer uh, because I didn't use it for comedy and David mentioned it as a consideration of his for comedy. But for my favorite fiction podcast, I will be drafting Hello from the Magic Tavern, yes. a weekly podcast from the magical, fantastical land of Foon. I won um, another bet. The Oh, good. But I, <laughs> I have such a deep and uh, unabiding... Unabiding? I don't know. I have such a deep and endless love for abiding. Hello from Magic Tavern. Abiding. Abiding. It is yeah. abiding. It's fully yes. abiding. Totally. I abiding. won't stop abiding. But um the it's it is a, an improv fictional podcast, and it is it doesn't seem like it should be for me because <laughs> I am not into fantasy. Um like Harry Potter and mythical creatures in that world. That's just not for me, which is fine. I, people, as John Hodgman has as a ruling on his show, people like what they like, and I'm supportive of people liking that. And the the fantastical land in which Magic Tavern is set doesn't feel like it's right for me, and it works perfectly for me. Uh, the host is Arnie Neekamp, uh, who plays a version of himself. He's got two co-hosts with him, a shapeshifter who's most often in the form of a talking badger named Chunt, that's Chunt with six Ts, and uh, a wizard <laughs> whose full name... <laughs> exactly. A wizard whose full name I won't uh, go through, but his name is Usador the Wizard. And Coward. Each week, <laughs> thank you. Each week they um, 
they bring on a guest and that guest is typically, you know, sometimes somebody from the Chicago improvising scene. Sometimes it's just another podcaster. Sometimes it's other performers of different types. Uh, but a guest will come in and play another character. And sometimes the guests are familiar with all the deep lore from Magic Tavern and more often they are not. Uh, but whatever guests say uh, becomes canon. Um, early in season one of the show, uh, some guests mentioned that all kinds of things, I can't remember who it was, but like that, that Foon, this mythical land had, has everything, uh, you know, it has dwarves and wizards and Jews and they don't let anything go much like Scott Ackerman does on company bang bang. Like, do you say Jews? And so it is now <laughs> canon forevermore on magic tavern that Jews exist in, <laughs> in, in this magical alternate universe uh, or alternate dimension. Um, the show has done is now in its, uh, fourth season, um, which means they're now up over 400 something episodes, which is incredible. I am a completionist. I did start from the beginning and have listened all the way through. Uh, but they do start each season with a kind of a reset where they'll say, here's what you need to know to, to go from here. Uh, so I don't think you have to fear. You have to feel that you've got to start from the very beginning, but it is truly hilarious. It is extremely profane. Like it's not one I can listen to with my kids around. Um, but it is so funny. The three very different improvisers who also have known each other for an extremely long time and have full and complete trust. They know where each other uh, is going. And it's at best, it is probably even less structured than like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I do know that they know where they want episodes to go sometimes if they have season-long arcs, but they don't really care. <laughs> they really just let the episodes go where they go. Um, it is unbelievably funny. I will also say um, there, as they wrapped up season three, uh, there was a, a moment of real seriousness, a monologue from the host Arnie Neekamp where he talked about his real life uh, versus his his kind of fictional life within the, the show, uh, but all was still within the canon of the show. And it was just moving and powerful and incredible. It's it's so good. I cannot, I, it pains me that I didn't make it because it's, <laughs> because it's so good. It's so funny. It's, I, I just love it. Hello from the Magic Tavern. Uh, Monty, you will close out this round. What is your favorite fiction podcast i'm going to cheat by first describing a podcast that i'm not picking <laughs> that seems to be the yes. go-to this round <laughs> which <laughs> is <laughs> method which is thrilling adventure hour i love thrilling adventure hour but i haven't listened to it since they've been all right uh thrilling adventure hour was basically a radio show done live and it had segments like Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars, which starred Mark Evan Jackson, who has since become something of a thing on television. And Indeed. My Beloved Beyond Belief, which is Paul F. Tompkins and Paget Brewster as hard-drinking mediums. Mostly, they don't do a lot of mediuming. They just make fun of monsters until they leave, and it's great. But... I haven't really listened to any of the live stream versions because the audience was such a part of the audio scape for me. So I will say it's on forever dog You can go listen to the old episodes, which I strongly recommend all of them. And you can listen to the live stream. They might be good. They might not. I don't know. Sorry. Um, the podcast I am picking is off book, the improvised musical podcast. Oh yes. Which it's fiction, right? They're improvising a musical. That musical it is counts. fiction. Therefore it counts. It's uh, Jessica McKenna and Zach Reno and Scott Passarella on the keys, and Brett Morris and Dana Wickens. They're a live band, and they're really, really good at musical improv, you guys. Oh, my <laughs> God, are they good at musical improv. Uh, 
it's what it sounds like. They start talking and they say, decide partway through, oh, this is what the scene is. And they do a song and then they improvise on it. Then they do another song and then it all comes together in a grand finale. It's really good. I emphasize that because I realize some people may think, ugh, musicals, improv. They were recently on Dropout TV on an episode of Game Changer, which was just an episode of Off Book, and that meant a lot of people got to see them do it, and it was really fun watching people who weren't expecting it just have their minds blown. My favorite improv musical podcast uh, is the aforementioned Flophouse. (laughs) (laughs) The um, earlier Monty rattled off um, five cast members from uh, off book the improvised musical the two hosts and their their band uh, i would like to report all of them uh contacts in my phone uh, well i assumed <laughs> at least brett was yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah that show was once uh with earwolf and is now independent um yeah i didn't want to get into that but you know <laughs> yeah i did uh no reason so our our fiction drafts uh shelly chose bronzeville brian alice isn't dead david give me away i chose hello for the magic tavern and monty went with off book the improvised musical podcast uh zach and jess both frequent guests uh from off book on hello for the magic tavern um and they often sing there too delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery starring academy award winner russell crowe now available on digital Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Uh, so we've got two categories left. The next one may be the broadest category, but we're going to be drafting entertainment podcasts. You can choose to define that however you see fit. Uh, and Shelly, you're up first. I was going to say I enjoy how broad this category is, and I am literally looking at two choices and up till about a minute ago hadn't decided which to pick because the breadth of it is... I'll, I'll just mention... The one I'm not picking, which is called Hit Parade from Slate. And the one I am picking is is called uh, Gates McFadden Investigates, where <gasps> yes. Gates McFadden basically interviews most of the people she interviews are colleagues from Star Trek The Next Generation. And I love two things about it. First of all, it's not about Star Trek trivia. There are many, many places where you can talk about TNG or any manner of Star Trek topic that you wish. That's not what this is about. Nor is it the usual sort of glad-handing, let's talk to celebrities. I don't feel like I've interacted with the human beings that were in Star Trek The Next Generation in this way at all. She can speak to them as a friend, as somebody who's seen them through struggles in their lives. I mean, they're people I already liked who she spoke to, uh, like Marina Sirtis, who I think is incredibly hilarious. Uh, uh, Will Wheaton is in there. I think I think the Will Wheaton one is a, is a two-part episode. But I learned so much, and just the rapport that she had. And the interesting thing, the, I assume there'll be another season of it, because she just wrapped up a season in December. But this these seem to have been done fairly early in the lockdown, and I think there's some episodes where she's literally between there's plexiglass between herself and her interviewee and there are other cases where they're done remote and the the sort of awkwardness of oh crap we were going to do this but now we're all locked down how are we going to do it that's that's a little bit of a part of it so there's a little frenetic energy about it and each and every one of these interviews is just delightful and it goes on just long enough it's not like 
an hour and a half. In fact, there are a few of them that were shorter than I would have would have liked because I'm like, wait, tell me more. You know, yeah. people that were real revelations to me. Robert Picardo, I loved him. Uh, I liked my. Uh, 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 I keep saying Worf. What's his name? Uh, What's, Michael Dorn. Thank you, Michael Dorn. But they were all just, and Marina Sirtis, as I said, <laughs> who is just always a delight, but uh, well worth your time. Gates McFadden investigates. Excellent choice. Gates McFadden investigates. Uh, Brian, a podcast turns its lonely eyes to you. <laughs> 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 Thank you for that. So I chose entertainment to be a podcast that is about entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the hobby that I spend most time doing that's not, you know, work or just watching movies or you know standard things like that is playing video games. And I play a lot of like three video games. It's like Tetris and puzzles and things. But I love video game culture. I love reading about all the news and learning all the things about, you know, upcoming releases for games I know I'll never play or watching reviews of things I probably know I'll never play because I don't have a PC that can play them. Uh, so the video game podcast that I listen to to satisfy this itch is The Besties with Griffin and Justin McElroy and two other people that I can't remember the name of. Chris of Plant right and now. Russ Frushtick. Thank you. Thank you. I knew it was some Polygon people. I couldn't remember which. Uh, I think that The Besties is the perfect show for me because Griffin and Justin in particular uh, of you know my, my brother, my brother and me and Maximum Fun and all of that, even though this is not a Maximum Fun show. Griffin and Justin approach playing video games and talking about video games in the same way that I would about like, yeah, this is interesting. I think that we, uh, uh, I think that this game is designed in a certain way that I really appreciate. It reminded me of this old game on the PS1, which was my jam in particular. So I think that the besties is my biggest touch point for current modern video game culture in a way that is not you know toxic in the way that so much of other video game content can be it's also hilarious again because of the aforementioned polygon people and McElroy's uh, they're all just fantastic people the besties it was it's uh, the Rasputin of podcasts it's the podcast <laughs> that will never die it was independent <laughs> then it was on Spotify now it's independent again so many iterations so many different it forms, was dead for like two years <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly dead <laughs> equals slightly alive. Uh, David, an entertainment podcast. An entertainment podcast. Well, I I would think this counts. This was a show I discovered after I first got into the show Ted Lasso. And I I was really fascinated mm. by actor Excellent and choice. writer Brett Goldstein and discovered that he had a podcast and he had been doing it for years before Ted Lasso. Um, and it started out with him, you know, just sort of getting fellow British stand-up comedians. And now he's getting, you know, people like Sharon Stone and Kevin Pollack and, you know, ki- kind of outside this very small group of people. And, and the, the show is called Films to be Buried With. It has a very standard set of questions. Um, the, the gimmick of the show is that you come on, you're a guest, and and then he says, uh, you know, okay, well, here's the stuff you're doing, here's what you're known for, and and now, uh, oh, 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 I should have told you this before we came on, oh, and you know, it's sort of like it's almost intentionally bad acting, which makes it hilarious, <laughs> and and he says, and and the guest is like, what, what is it, Brett? Well, I oh, I just come out and say it, you've died, you you're dead, how did you die? And so the guest improvises a way that they have died. And uh, 
And and it is kind of interesting because he'll say, you know, what what is your view of the afterlife? Do you believe there's an afterlife? Do you believe there's a God or not a God? And what what is it going to be like for you? What do you think it'll be? And and so, you know, you sort of get to know these people a little more than just, oh, they're stand-up comedians or actors or whatever. And and then he says, well, here's the good news. Uh, there is a heaven, but they are fascinated in getting to know you by the movies that you love. And so he'll ask various questions. You know, what's, what's the first movie you remember seeing in a theater? Uh, what is the most romantic movie you've ever seen? What is the movie that... Uh, not everybody likes it has a terrible reputation, but you love it and the rest of them can go suck it. Um, you know, it's, 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 it is a standard set of questions. Uh, and then, you know, objectively, what is the best movie ever made? And he kind of growls at people if they say the Godfather. Um, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's wonderful. And, and guests can come back on episodes that he calls this week. It's films to be buried with the resurrection. And so he now has shamanic powers to raise them from the dead and ask them another set of questions. Uh, and it's just delightful. And and as a result, you learn that Brett himself is a big schmoop who uh, cries at movies at the drop of a hat. His favorite movie is The Muppet's Christmas Carol. Um, it is not at all what you think when you think of the character of Roy Kent, but it is just delightful. And, and the conversations are often hilarious. It's so films choice. to be buried with. And it's, it's one of the few shows I actually support on Patreon. Nice. Cause you get like 20 to 30 extra minutes in each episode. So I really wrestled with what show to draft. Um, I will call out three shows I rejected, but considered that were, how did this get made? WTF with Mark Marin and Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Um, and I chose a pretty mainstream choice. Um, and if you haven't listened because you assume, oh, it can't possibly be good because it's, you know, big Hollywood folks doing this, I, I hope to change your mind. But Smartless, uh, hosted by Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, where they interview famous friends, has the lightest of conceits, uh, which is that, in theory, they are surprising each other with who the guest is each week. So one of them is responsible for the, the guest they're going to interview each week, and that guest is uh, has their camera off on Zoom with their name anonymized until the grand unveiling and then that's it so one of them is prepped for the interview and the other two aren't but they're talking to you know real um prominent people ryan reynolds or uh kamala harris or jimmy fallon or etc etc so really really impressive guests but those three jason and will and sean clearly have such a friendship um a non-hollywood friendship but just a genuine one uh that their rapport with each other is great uh, sometimes I feel bad for Sean for how mean the other two are to him, <laughs> but <laughs> it is it is a delightful podcast. They genuinely want to ask good questions. They know that they can't always do that. Uh, they know that they they mock themselves for how long it takes them to get to their questions sometimes. But it's really really funny. It's honestly really not like insightful where you'll you'll learn new things about yourself, but insightful in that it's it's fascinating to hear their approach to uh, reminding us that stars really are just like us. Like they definitely have a different kind of problem, but they are getting people to be their human selves in a way that I really appreciate. And it's just also really, really funny. So I'm going with Smartless. That leaves us with just one entertainment podcast left to draft. Uh, And Monty, you are the drafter. Hello. Um, In keeping with the no 
picking incomparable podcasts. I'm not going to pick any podcasts that I have been on. So sorry, Extra Hot Great and <laughs> the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show. You will not be mentioned on this podcast. Um, I'm going to pick Blank Check with Griffin and David. Uh, you may remember that I mentioned how long the episodes of Cocaine and Rhinestones are. Blank <laughs> Check is that long and longer every time. And it's okay. So it's a podcast about filmographies, directors who get a blank check, sort of. It's really just about filmographies. Okay. So they'll do all the po- an episode per film about, say, John Carpenter. And I think it's really interesting to watch a director grow, do great work, and then fall off and do not great work, and then kind of stop getting work. Or it's interesting to watch a director do great work and continue to do great work, like when they did (laughs) Steven Spielberg. Griffin is an actor. He was most famously Arthur on the Peter Serafinowicz Tick, and he's Orko on the current He-Man. David is David Sims. He writes for The Atlantic. They're both very funny and know a lot about movies. I, myself, am a movie nerd, and I really like that the podcast comes at these movies unapologetically, extremely nerdy. And... I don't know. I just really like hearing them talk about Halloween for three hours. Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check. Very cool. We have one round left um, and uh, bonus rules. So you're going to provide your wild card pick. So just one other podcast that you want to draft. But what I'd like you to do is feel free to toss in one or two at the most other shows. You can't give us any other details that you wish you could have drafted, um, but that just didn't fit anywhere else. So give us your wild card and then maybe one or two other shows that had you more time <laughs> or more slots. You would have picked them. Uh, so but, so uh, this round is for all the marbles. That's exactly <laughs> it. Uh, Shelly, what's your wild card podcast pick? It's called the Big Blue Marble. It's about marbles. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. I was fooled. <laughs> no, my, my podcast It's called. It's so. Uh, at some point in every thing I do like this, I, I end up having to be on brand, and this is the most on brand thing I could possibly draft. It is called Nitrateville Radio, and is about uh, film restoration and film history books. He interviews Ooh. guys who have written books about Max Steiner and things like that. It's so nerdy that I skip episodes because I'm not a particular silent film fan or expert, but I really care about when he talks about Max Steiner or the restoration of Too Late for Tears or whatever it might be. And it's it's run by a guy who has a site called nitrateville.com, which is essentially a forum for people who care about this stuff. I don't participate in the forum at all, but I listen to these podcasts and he, he gets great interviews with people. And so if if that's a corner of the universe that you feel like you want to be nerdy about, then then there are a lot. There's a, it's a monthly show uh, and I never can keep up because there's there's just so much. And I actually find that I tend to listen to most podcasts at 1.75, but I tend to slow this one down because there are these nuggets of information. Like I'm not going to remember if I'm just listening to this while I'm washing my clothes or whatever. So I slow it down a little bit. And it's not there's not a lot of production values and a lot of you know, it's not it's not for entertainment. It's for it's for passing along of information. Had there been an information and news and information category, that's where I would have put Nitrateville Radio. But I love it. <laughs> 
Uh, so my bring out your dead uh, would be, uh, and I know probably a lot of you are surprised I haven't mentioned this one already. Uh, you must remember this, which is a mm. narrative podcast about film history. I would especially call out her recent series, which was done under a different uh, moniker, Love is a Crime, which is the story of the Joan Bennett-Walter Wanger relationship and how uh, Walter Wanger shot an unmentionable part of the anatomy of Joan Bennett, his wife's lover. Uh, cool show. I'm reading a book by Walter Wanger right now. It's called My Life with Cleopatra, The Making of a Hollywood Classic. Oh, nice. <laughs> I would also pick uh, Crime Town under narrative. Uh, they, they've they done several seasons. The first one was basically about what it's the, the mob scene in Providence, Rhode Island, and the, the extremely corrupt mayor and all of the tendrils that go out from, from that. But they've done multiple seasons of different uh, crime-related stuff and uh it's it's done pretty well it definitely has an attitude and a point of view and it's which is kind of what i like about it because it's not just maybe you didn't want this much detail in this part of the round sorry about that so we'll just go with you're doing great go with uh we'll go with crime town i also am a fan of the new york times book review pretty straight up podcast but it allows me to be moderately sound moderately well read when i talk to people (laughs) uh the aforementioned hit parade from slate which is if you are a music nerd at all and you want to know a lot about uh, minutia and more than minutia of chart history. I absolutely recommend it. Really great podcast. Very cool. Yeah. And Nitrateville Radio, you mentioned you skipped the ones about silent movies. I actually have a clip from one of my favorite silent movies queued up. So let me just play that. There we go. All right, brilliant, Brian, brilliant. Uh, your wild card pick. My wild card pick was down to You're Wrong About or We Have Concerns. Uh, great shows that are both generally about uh, interesting factoids and things by two very interesting, funny people each. I'm going to consider both of those my runners up because my comedy podcast was down to either Flophouse or My Brother, My Brother and Me. And screw it, I'm picking My Brother, My Brother and Me for my wild card. Yeah. Griffin, Justin, and Travis McElroy uh, are three of the funniest people on the internet. I am H.O. I can never... I cannot remember laughing as hard as I have listening to a podcast and I have some of the recent My Brother, My Brother and Me episodes. Similar to how I imagine comedy bing bong is uh, for new (laughs) listeners. It makes very little sense when you first push play. But after a little while, you start to get these are sectioned up by, you know, questions from the audience or bits reviewing Yahoo Answers or now WikiHow articles. R.I.P. Yahoo Uh, Answers. R.I.P. Yahoo (laughs) Answers. Uh, But yeah, it is the alpha and omega of comedy podcasts I listen to. Uh, I really don't enjoy very many podcasts that are like, this is a comedy show aside from Mabim Bam and Flophouse and Maximum Fun does a very, very good job of making shows that are funny, but not like uh, kind of like comedian (laughs) people in a way that I really, really appreciate. So my brother, my brother and me cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, Yeah. Uh, excellent choices and I cannot tell if comedy bing bong was like a slam slash reference or just getting the name wrong but I liked it either way Scott went a couple of years getting the name wrong and calling it <laughs> com- comedy, comedy bing, bing bong it's true. my roommates in 2015 I think loved that podcast and would call it comedy bing bong to each other and so I Perfect. got that bit from them <laughs> love it I, I could have sworn comedy bing bong was hosted by Richard Kind and was all about his character and in inside out <sighs> Bing Bong, literally my favorite character from the Pixar universe, but we're not drafting those. David, we're drafting our wild cards. <laughs> what is your wild card pick? Well, my wild card pick is one that I have talked about many, many times. Uh, people might be sick of me pushing this on them, but it is one of my favorite podcasts ever. It's a show called The Memory Palace by Nate DeMeo. And each episode, this is it almost was my narrative pick. 
because remember I said it's going to show up later. Here it is. It's the memory palace. <laughs> he finds these just fascinating, very little known stories from he history. Uh, he, Nate DeMeo. Thank you. Um, who is, who is the host of the memory palace with Nate DeMeo. Um, he finds these really obscure stories, these little known stories, and he tells them he has a beautiful way with storytelling. And, you know, some episodes are really, really short. Some episodes go 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Uh, it never drags. You never feel like, oh, you know, oh, it's too long. Uh, I will often listen to two or three in a row because you just, he, he has a very calming voice. It's great if you're awake in the middle of the night and you can't get to sleep, throw on some memory palace. Um, and, and they're just charming stories and fascinating lost stories. Uh, in particular, the story of Box Brown. Don't, don't look it up. Just look up Memory Palace and Box Brown. It is heartbreaking and beautiful. Uh, so yeah, The Memory Palace by Nate DeMeo. One of the, the best storytelling podcasts I've ever heard. Um, some of the other wild cards that I could have picked were uh, another one that I've talked about a lot, 99% Invisible, which is about design and design history. Uh, 20,000 Hertz which is about sound effects and sound design. Uh, if you want the story of how they came up with the THX sound effect or the from Netflix or the NBC tones, this is the show for you. It's fascinating to see what goes into not just designing the sound, but thinking about why this sound, why not another sound? Um, let's see. Excellent choice uh, is all on, this, this, on, this, this. And and the other the other two that I would mention are uh, the Infinite Monkey Cage from BBC Radio, which is comedian Robin Ince and scientist Dr. Brian Cox with a fascinating panel of scientists and comedians talking about science. Um, it's officially a show, but all the episodes are out as podcasts as well. And and then the the other one that I could have picked for entertainment uh, is a degree absolute which started up, started life as an episode by episode guide to the prisoner with Patrick McGowan. And it's hosted by Chris Klimek and Glenn Weldon, who you might know from NPR's pop culture happy hour. And this is them treating the shows pretty straightforwardly. You know, if, if you've heard a show by show, uh, viewing of, of a TV series before it's, it's that, but it's also funny. It's, it's these wild flights of fancy spinning off from talking about the show. And now it has become, let's watch everything Patrick McGowan ever did. And once they run out of Patrick McGowan stuff, I hope they find something else to do because it is just delightful. So that's, that Excellent would be a choices. degree absolute. Thank you, David. Uh, I struggled with my wild card, which is also why I said to do what we're all doing, which is here's what we didn't do. Um, Earlier, Monty picked Comedy Bang Bang and talked about Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins. Uh, and as we talked about, they're effectively in character, even though Scott is himself, but they're in character on Comedy Bang Bang. But they, along with um, improviser comedian Lauren Lapkus, host another podcast together, the three of them, mm -hmm. called Freedom, where they are not in character and they just talk. It is the closest, uh, I would say, professional podcast that exists uh, to 
many of the kinds of podcasts that we all do on The Incomparable and elsewhere, <laughs> where it's just people talking. They don't come in with set topics. They are just conversing. But they are three friends who love each other, and they are so unbelievably funny. They have a, a very strong, strict, no guests allowed rule, random bits form. They're all crazy. Uh, at the end of every episode, they play an improvised game recommended, suggested by a listener. Uh, but it is just so funny and so genuine, and you can hear their love for each other. Uh, and it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh every single time. So I do love that one. I find freedom a little stressful because so often the game is one of them is trying to tell a story and the other two are oh relentlessly god. interrupting. Them. Oh my god! And they all get annoyed <laughs> at it sometimes, and they are all equally guilty of doing it to the other two. But you oh, are yeah. absolutely right. There are times when I really like you're saying I want to know the story, yeah. and they won't do it. And I, I listen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice person. I think, but. Uh, when they, when you get those flashes of genuine annoyance, like when Scott's like, just forget it. I'm not going to tell the story if you yeah. guys are going to be jerks. Like, I love those <laughs> moments too because it's real. It's real friendship. And they're like, this is what the show is. Ah, oh, man, I love it. Just love it. Uh, shows I didn't pick include The West Wing Weekly, which I absolutely love. Josh Melita and Rishikesh Irway uh, rewatching The West Wing. Uh, Missing Richard Simmons, which I would have picked for one of the earlier ones, but there are no new episodes. But that was Dan Taberski, um, who had a friendship with Richard Simmons and wanted to find him since he hasn't really been seen in public in a very long time. Uh, and then although it more recently did have some uh, drama behind the scenes befall it, Reply All is a truly excellent show. Um, its best episode of all time is I think one of the most fascinating episodes of any podcast ever. Uh, the Case of the Missing Hit, episode number 158, released in March of 2020. If you've never heard of Reply All, you may have heard of that episode, but uh, a listener wrote in saying, I know I heard this song on the radio in the 90s, and it seems to be gone from the internet. I cannot find it at all. And he re-records the song from memory with professional band members that Reply All uh, finds for him. It is a must listen. Uh, so check out uh, The Case of the Missing Hit from Reply All. But yeah, my uh, my wild card overall is going to be Freedom. Monty, close us out. Uh, you mentioned Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. This is going to be a little walk before I get to the name of the podcast. <laughs> Conan O'Brien has a friend on that podcast. His name is Matt Gorley. <laughs> <laughs> now, from there, I could go a lot of different directions. What I'm going to go with is Bonanas for Bonanza. The wildest <laughs> ah, idea for yes. a podcast I have ever heard. Basically... Andy Daly has a character called Dalton Wilcox, the poet laureate of the West, who also uh, sees vampires and mummies and Frankenstein's monsters and Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde's everywhere and fights them. On Bonanas for Bonanza, Dalton Wilcox, along with Matt Gorley as Mutt Taylor and Maria Bamford as Amy Sleverson, reviews Bonanza episodes. Now, what's wild about this is they're really watching Bonanza and they're really talking about Bonanza. You could just experience the show as <laughs> a show about Bonanza, but it's hosted by two insane cowboys and an insanely Christian woman. Uh, Maria Bamford is a delight on this show. And Mutt Taylor is a delight. And so is Dalton Wilcox. And Bonanas for Bonanza has a spinoff show called Bonus Nanas for Bonus Nanza, and that's what I'm picking. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bonus Nanas for Bonus Nanza is just mm. Andy and Matt as Dalton and Mutt. 
but they're really just Andy and Matt. A lot of times Matt has to say, well, I'm Mutt Taylor and I'm also somebody else. And that other person has a lot of things to say about quicksand or something (laughs) because (laughs) Matt Gorley knows a lot about a lot of things. So when theme parks come up, suddenly Mutt Taylor has a lot of things to say about theme parks. I love Bonus Nanas for Bonus Nanza so much. Uh, It's part of the CBB world. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Network? Let's call, let's say network. Um, yeah, the universe. Sure. The Comedy Bang Bang universe. Yeah. Sure. Uh, bonus Nanas for Bonus Nanza is just wild. It's pretty niche. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was I was actually going to do a whole Bonanza thing on Radio Theater. You know, spoof, not Bonanza itself, but spoofing Bonanza and you know, taking the whole template. And I think that's right about when uh, Bonanas for Bonanza premiered. And I just went, nope, nope, not doing that now. Well, you know, it premiered a long time ago as part of Andy Daly's podcast pilot project. Years and years ago, he did one episode, then he did another episode, then a third episode, and now they're just (laughs) honestly doing it. It's great. Um, Given what Monty loves, the fact that he and I aren't best friends is kind of blowing (laughs) my mind, but continue, Monty. Uh, A couple podcasts that did not make the cut, Podcast The Ride, which is about theme parks in excruciating excruciating detail uh this podcast makes a joke about how into detail they are willing to get they had two plus hours on the mickey and friends parking structure at disneyland (laughs) they had like 12 episodes over 12 days or something like that about city walk the mall it's amazing they're very detail-oriented. And uh, also I want to shout out Good Christian Fun with hosts uh, Kevin T. Porter, one of the Gilmore guys, and Caroline Eli. Um, I myself am not Christian, was not raised Christian, but for some reason I love a podcast where comedians come on and talk about the Christian entertainment they loved when they were still believers as children, basically. <laughs> and... It's not making fun of the, these things. I mean, there's some, you know, good-natured eye-rolling about the youth pastoriness of it all. But it's a really good-hearted show about frequently really weird entertainment. Good well, Christian thank fun. You. It's fun. Thank you for all of those picks, Monty. And uh, again, we don't award points on this episode, but Monty, for 10,000 points, can you name the person who named the podcast Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend? Lex Friedman. Um, That's it. 10,000 points awarded. Very well done. I I just Uh, won another bet. Conan wanted to call it um, Conan O'Brien Wastes Your Time, which I thought was funny, but I was able to convince him, this is full glenning now, uh, able to convince him that it could make people think the show was an afterthought and not important to him. And uh, I floated this title. There was an email list that went up that weekend with Conan, his head writer, his executive producer, me, and another producer from Earwolf. And he said, if anybody can come up with a better title than Lex's, we'll use that. Otherwise, we're sticking with Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And then people would email out names to that list over the weekend, and Conan replied, nope, Lex's is better. And it was basically the greatest (laughs) weekend of my entire life. (laughs) Uh, Wow. So I'm going to do a quick recap. If you feel like you've gotten everything everybody said, you can just fast forward now or play me even faster than I already talked. But (laughs) Shelley drafted ICYMI ear hustle bronzeville gates mcfadden investigates in nitrateville radio brian's special ipad ipod nano is filled with the dream alice isn't dead uh the besties 
uh, my brother, my brother and me and the flop house. David has no such thing as a fish. If I go missing, the witches did it. Give me away films to be buried with and the memory palace. I took judge John Hodgman over my dead body. Hello from the magic tavern, smartless and freedom. And finally, Monty took comedy, bang, bang, cocaine and rhinestones off book, the improvised musical podcast, blank check and bonus Nanzas for bonus Nanza, which I did not win any bets in predicting that that's what Monty would pick. Uh, but I want to thank all of our panelists today for joining this I- incomparable podcast draft. How do you feel about where you ended up? Are you happy with your collection of shows? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've searched for at least two that I'm going to add to my uh, my playlist. Perhaps that's the, the test. I don't know if anybody else did that while they were uh, listening along, but uh, I've got two to add to see if I like them. This was extremely hard for me because 99% of what I listened to was already nicked by Jason's rules. <laughs> 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 well, in in literally in in the last week, I've been binging through Lazy Doctor Who, so I I kind of have Erica and Stephen in my head for a lot of the last week. Um, but yeah, it's I couldn't pick it because it's an incomparable show. That's Erica um, Badu and Stephen Sondheim for listeners not familiar. That's that's right. That's right. <laughs> Love those two together. Um, yes. And I mean the only the only thing. See now, fortunately, I don't I don't have to. Um, negate these because they're technically not podcasts but i listen to bbc sounds uh the bbc sounds app quite regularly and a lot of the comedy panel shows on there like uh, the unbelievable truth is delightful i'm sorry i haven't a clue um i'm trying to think what some of the other ones are but yeah they're just they're a lot of fun and they're now all you're just half cheating. An hour. now you're just naming and other now i'm totally yeah, cheating she's... i'm totally cheating yeah. but but they're not exempt because they're not podcasts <laughs> but my thanks of course to Shelley, brian david and monty and of course me jason snell we hope the cat circus is doing well and we'll see you next time right here on the incomparable <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>